Welcome. Good morning, everybody. For those of us who are joining us online, we thank you very much for spending um, some of your morning with us. Right now is the time we get to continue um, our, our, our praise and worship to Christ in the forms of, of tithes and offerings. So if the ushers could please prepare. <clears throat> Excuse me. So there's this old man. He's in his 80s, single all his life. He's walking down the street arm in arm with this younger, attractive woman. And his doctor spots him, and the doctor says at the next appointment, Hey, you look really good. You look great, you know. And the old man says, Yeah, I just followed your instructions, doc. You told me at the last visit to get myself a hot mama and be cheerful. Doctor said, No, no, you got to check your hearing aid. I said you go on heart murmur and be careful. <laughs> Sometimes hard to hear, yeah? Sometimes hard to hear. Anyway, my, my son, he's 14, so automatically he has a hearing problem at 14. And what makes it worse is he got these wireless earbuds a few months ago, and those things drive me nuts because it's always in his head. And every time I try to talk to him, he don't get hear. You know, Aaron, you know, dump the rubbish. Ha, ha, ha. You know, nothing. Not, no response. So... I decided that I would teach this kid a lesson. <clears throat> so using my skills, I constructed these earbuds. Yeah. And he came home from school, and he did his regular thing. Dad, can you make me Simon? <laughs> huh? What? I don't can hear you. Dad, you can take me fishing. Huh? What? But as silly as this is, as silly as this seems, Sometimes, don't we do the same thing? I know I do. <clears throat> Sometimes, I'm so focused or I'm listening to my emotions, my feelings, and my actions are governed by that instead of the voice of God. Sometimes, I'm so attentive to all creation around me, but not attentive to the creator above me. So, as we bid farewell to 2018 and we welcome 2019 uh, I'd just like to encourage you guys to to spend the time and hear the Lord attentively hear the Lord by reading your Bible each and every day um, Isaiah 55 says this incline your ear to the Lord you know incline your ear to the Lord and listen and you will your soul will live so you know, um, just continue to do that, and let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this offering, Lord God. We thank you. We, we pray that you use it um, to continue to further your kingdom. Father God, we, we thank you for 2018, and, and, and Lord, <clears throat> we just praise you because you are a God that is interested in our future and not our past. You're concerned about our tomorrow, not our yesterday. And Lord, your heart is beset on where we are going and not where we've been. So we praise you. We love you. Bless the message. Help us to receive it. Give us ears to hear, Lord God. And let us receive this word, Lord God. We praise you in the mighty, matchless, and majestic name of Jesus. Amen. Trust in 
Victoria, can we say thank you to Victoria and her team? Thank you. Thank you. Victoria, you grew up on the Big Island. Yes. But you're from Kona. Kona. Yes. Kona side. Kona Graduated side. from Kalakehi. Yeah. <laughs> and she also was at a Christian, uh, New Hope Christian College on Oahu and graduated from there. But what, what caused you to pursue this dream of singing and using your gift for God? How did that come about? I discovered my passion for singing when I was really young, took it seriously when I was 14. And about 10 years ago, I laid down this dream of recording and being an artist. And 10 years later, God opened so many doors and I'm able to share my passion for music, my love for God, and do it with my dreams <laughs> coming That's awesome. true, yeah. That's awesome. So proud of you, Victoria. Thank you. She's going to sing one more song at the end of service, so stick around, and then you'll be in the fellowship hall. You have your CDs yes. and things like yes. that. It's an honor to have you here with thank us you. today. Can we say thank you again to Victoria thank and her you. team? Thank you, Victoria. Thank you. Well, you can take out your notes as we conclude our series on Christ, Christmas, Christ, mess, and Christmas. Just think about where we are in this season. I mean, Christmas comes and goes. 
that fast. I mean, we enjoy the day. The children enjoy the presents for about 20 minutes. We love the time we get to spend together. We like the family time. You know, there's a lot of food, a lot of snacks, a lot of eating, and then a lot of regretting. But that's what 2018 is all about. We get to conclude this year, but we're going to finish strong today. Because in our world, when we look at what the world is going through, what happens around us, what happens in our lives, many good times and many not so good times. Today, what we want to look at is how we can finish strong and how the Bible is going to teach us how we can finish, finish strong. You know, when we look at the Christmas story in the book of Luke, we focus heavily on Mary and Joseph, the angels that were singing, the angels that brought the message and, and, of course, the, the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and all that was happening and what was taking place. But now that Christmas the day has come and gone, although Christmas day is over, Christ still reigns forever. And in the story of Christmas when Jesus was born, there are two people that we tend to miss because all eyes are on Jesus, which it should be. But there are two people that played such an important part, an integral part of the beginnings of Jesus Christ, especially with Mary and Joseph and what they were trying to accomplish and the assignment that God gave to them. In the book of Luke, we're going to take a look at two people, and their names are Anna and Simeon. And these two people, even though just a short passage that is given to us, we're going to learn that there are ways for us to finish strong. It is often said, it's not how you start, it's how you finish that will determine the outcome of a race, or even life. And as we close off this year, let's finish strong in every area of life. Jesus finished strong. In fact, he finished so strong in such a way so that we could finish strong too and that we would have a fresh beginning with him. We're going to talk about that next week where we're going to be beginning with God. That's going to be our, our New Year's uh, message. But today as we talk about finishing strong, no one, likes to, no one likes to keep old things around. I mean, there are certain things we'll keep because it's like an antique or it means something to us, but we don't like keeping rubbish around. And if you're trying to throw away rubbish, if you're going down to the dump the day after Christmas, I mean, it is, it is jam-packed with people. Why? Because we have so much opala, rubbish, trash that we're, that we're trying to throw away. And the reason why we do that is because no one likes having trash around the house. No one likes having trash around the house. Well, some people may be okay with it, but I don't think we love having trash bags all around the house. I don't think we love leaving the garbage can overflowing with maggots hanging around. That's why there's that one person in the family that is constantly saying, take out the trash, take out the trash. Did you throw away the trash? Did you put away the trash? And you're probably looking at each other right now. But that's just how it goes in the family. That's someone's responsibility. Why? Because no one likes trash hanging out at their house. I mean, when the trash is overflowing and it becomes smelly, it's like, okay, now we need to take the trash. But we do that because no one likes stinky stuff around the house. Well, the same is true in life. No one likes stinky stuff around our life. So what do we do? We get rid of old things, old habits, things that, that kind of uh, makes our environment worse. And the way we do that is to give everything to God. Did you know that God is okay with us giving him all of our rubbish? 
all of the hurt, the pain, the, the, the negativity that comes into our lives or the things that people have done against us, the things that were said against us. 2018, let's pack up all of that rubbish and let's give it to God and let's finish strong. These two people, Simeon and Anna, as they teach us how to finish strong, we're going to find that there are going to be obstacles in life, opposition. We're also going to find that there is oppression that comes our way. Sometimes it's from people. But when those things happen, opportunity will also show up. Opportunity shows up in obstacles, opposition, and in oppression. Or if you're oppressed, God will always give us an opportunity to overcome these things. You know, if you're hiking, if you plan this hiking trip and you're going uh, uh, up the trail and you're there with your friends and you're ready to go, you, you, you packed your, your water supply, maybe some food, and you put on your gear and you're on the trail, if you come against a rock in the middle of the trail, do you stop, look at the rock and say, man, ah, let's turn around. This is, I mean, I did not know that there was going to be a rock here, so let's just go. This is very discouraging. I, I don't, how about you guys? I, let's just go home. No, nobody says that. Why? Because you went there for a purpose. You went there for a hike. And a rock in the middle of the trail is not going to deter you. It's not going to discourage you. In fact, it might be a challenge for some of us to think to ourselves, I can get over that rock. All I have to do is jump over it. I can climb over it. I can go around it. I don't think you're going to dig under it, but we'll find a way to get around this obstacle. For some of us, that's our mentality in life, that when there's an obstacle, we always figure a way out. We don't throw in the towel because there's an obstacle or opposition. We always find a way. And when Jesus is in our life, even better. Because when the opportunity shows up, he's going to find a way for us. He will always make a way. So long as we're with him and he with us. As he says, stay connected to me because apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. These two people that show up briefly in the Bible, Anna and Simeon, has such an incredible not just life, but kind of the ending of their life that will help us to learn how we can finish strong. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Luke chapter 2, and I'll read from verses 22 to about 40. And I'll read it, Luke chapter 2, verse 22. It says, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord that every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, he's saying, now I can die. Have you ever had people talk to you about them dying? It's like, okay, so when I die, you can have this. You know, when I die one day, you can take over these things. It's like, let's not talk about that right now, but that's what Simeon was doing. Simeon was saying, now I can go in peace. 
Why? Because the promise that you gave to me has been fulfilled. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Verse 32, a light for revelation, a light, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, which is everyone else but the Jews. This is the Gentiles are every other nationality, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will, will pierce your own soul too. There, also, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. In other words, Jesus grew up. It wasn't just baby Jesus. He grew up in whom we know as went to the cross for us, died for our sins so that we could have eternal life with God. There was a purpose for Jesus, for him coming to this world. For Anna and Simeon, when they looked at this, they, they were overjoyed. Why? Because they knew they were a part of what was taking place. They knew they had a purpose and they lived that out. For Mary and Joseph, they went through many obstacles, opposition and even oppression. But they found opportunities in all of that because they knew that God gave them an assignment. And every single one of us can finish strong by seeing the opportunities when faced with obstacles or opposition or oppression. And here's how. We're going to look at three ways. Here's the first thing we can learn from these two people. Always correct back to our love for God. Always come back to that, our love for God. For Anna and Simeon, that, that was their life. Everything was about God. Everything was about, was about their heart for God. Anna was one who was faithful. She never left the temple. She worshiped day and night by, by fasting and praying. Simeon worshiped God. He was righteous and devout, and he was filled with the Spirit. Do you know what can take place when you're filled with the Spirit? See, we're either going to be filled with the world or we're going to be filled with the Spirit. And when we come against obstacles or oppression or opposition, you would want to be filled with the Spirit. You don't want to be filled with the world because what will come out is worldly things. Have you ever come across a situation where you had the decision to either respond in a worldly way or respond with the Spirit? Yeah, it's called road rage. You have... A decision to make. How are you going to respond? Well, for Anna and Simeon, their whole life was about their love for God. They devoted everything to their God. Why? Because of their love. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7, the Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In fact, this is the most important commandment that Jesus referred to later on. And he says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I commanded you today shall be in your 
heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, lie down and when you rise up. You know what the Bible is saying? Every opportunity you have, love God with everything you have. Every opportunity you have, talk about the things of God. In your family, speak of the things of God. Tell your children of the great things of God, that what he has done in your life and what he continues to do. Why? Because our children need to see that God is who he says he is. And our children are going to see living proof because it's, it's being lived out through us. And our children are going to see the good and not good in us. But if they see more of the Lord, then they're going to see, wait a minute, with mom and dad, even though they went through some hard times, boy, something kept them on solid rock, on solid ground. Something was their foundation. And they're going to realize that it was the Lord when we always correct back to our love for God rather than trying to figure things out by ourselves. Go back to the heart of God. Go back to your love for God. You know, when you first were saved, that first time you said yes to Jesus, that, that, that feeling you had when, when God kind of lifted us up out of the pit and brought us into a better place, let's not forget that. Go back to that first heart, the first love, as the Bible says. Always correct back to our heart for God, our love for God. For Heidi and I, before we were married, Heidi, and, Heidi is my wife, before we were married, we had to hear the Lord in being married because we needed to know, Lord, is this what you want for us? And he says, absolutely. And, and before we got married, we made the decision that the only option we have is to work things out. That was our only option. So in order for us to work things out, we always had to go back our, to our love for God. It couldn't be just our love for one another. It had to be our love for God because God, you gave us this marriage. You was blessed by you. So if I, if I say, God, send me the right person because you might be there. You're, maybe you're not married yet and you're saying, Lord, I'm just waiting for the right person. They're not here yet. You send me the right person, I'll get married. And God is like, no. How about you become the right person? Because if you become that person, then when you're married, it's not always the other person's fault in being wrong. Because even for Heidi and I, even though we've been married for so long, 26 years, there is still right and wrong. But if it's only about Heidi, you're wrong this time, or you're wrong, no, I'm right, you're wrong, we can make a good case on who is actually right. We can all argue our case and say, no, 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 that's not what you said. No, that is what I said. No, no, no. I, this, this is what you said. You said come by tomorrow. No, no, no. I, I said tomorrow we'll figure out. No, 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 no. You said come by tomorrow. I said no, no, no. I meant, see, that's what you meant, but that's not what you said. No, but that's not what I said yesterday when we sat down and met. We didn't even sit down to meet. Yes, we did. I recorded it. Listen. <laughs> like we could make a strong case between right and wrong, but if that's all our relationships are built on, where do we go from there? You know what happens? We start building up ammunition so that when someone is right or wrong, we start using it on each other. And that, that's in relationships, in the, in the workplace, in marriages. And God says, no, 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 Don't correct back to who's right or who's wrong or correct back to figuring things out. Correct back to your love for me because that's what will keep things strong. When, you, when you're having a difficult time, just go back to the love that you have for God. God, I'm having a hard time with my finances. Come back to me. Love me. Love me. I'll help you figure this out. Lord, I'm having a hard time with my children. Okay, come back to your love for me because I gave you these children. Yeah, you can take them. <laughs> if we come back to our love for God, 
then what he will do is he will give us a love that we don't have. And why do we go back to love? Because love never fails. And the Bible says that God is love. In other words, God never fails. Always go back to the heart that we have for God whenever you face any obstacle or, or, or opposition because we're going to have them or even oppression. The second thing is to remember this. Take the opportunity. Whenever, it, whenever those things come up, take the opportunity. Here's the, here it is, the second thing, to keep our eyes on Jesus. Anytime you come against an obstacle, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Anna was full of this, not just of knowing that she had a purpose and a mission, but she was faithful and loyal. She always kept her eyes on the Lord. She was, she was fasting. She was praying. She kept her eyes on the Lord, even though she may have encountered some obstacles herself. But she always kept her eyes on the Lord. She stayed faithful and loyal to Jesus because she knew that when that time would come, he would stay faithful and loyal to her. And she continuously kept her eyes on him. Simeon, Simeon said, my eyes have seen your salvation. In other words, all my life, my eyes have been on you, Lord, has been on you. And now here's your son. Now my eyes have seen your salvation. But if our eyes are all over the place, we'll never see the Lord's salvation. We'll never, we'll miss the miracles that God presents before us. How often I've heard people say, oh, I don't like go to church anymore. Well, what happened? Well, you know, so-and-so, they hurt me. They said this. They did that. I don't like serve anymore. What happened? Well, you know, these people, they, uh, all they do is they grumble. They complain. So I don't, I don't want to serve anymore. Oh, well, yeah, but that, you're keeping your eyes on the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, you know, I don't want to serve. You know, those people, those people, they, they're not Christians. They're not real Christians. Well, what do you mean? Yeah, because, you know, they, this is how they are behind the scenes. Oh, they act real nice in front of you, Pastor. But, oh, you should see behind the scenes. Yeah, this person does this. This person does that. Oh, you should see these people. You know that married couple right over there, the one you was talking to? No, look right now. But you know those people? I'm telling you, that's not how they are in church. And I'm like, who are you looking at? Like, fix your eyes on Jesus, not people. Why do you think the Bible tells us that? The Bible knows, Jesus knows that if we fix our eyes on one another, we will fail each other and we will bring each other down if we only fix our eyes on one another. Imagine if the Bible says, hey, look for the most perfect, perfectest per person on the face of this planet, the most perfect person on the planet, and model after them. Like, who would you, who would you look at? Who, who, would you, who would you find on this planet that would be the most perfect person besides Heidi? Who else? Like, <laughs> who, who could you look at that you could say, okay, I'm going to, sorry, you're going to, like, okay, I'm going to focus on this person because that's the model. That's the person. So that if they make a mistake, ooh, I, I can make that mistake. Or if they're doing well, oh, I might be able to do well too. Like, who do we look at? In other words, if we're always looking to people as an example of who to follow, we will always have an excuse not to follow Jesus. Always. Because people will let us down. And will justify because other people let us down. But the Bible is so smart. The Bible tells us this. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. And this is when Peter, one of the disciples, asked Jesus to tell him to come walking on the water. And Peter started walking on the water. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord save me. You know what happened to Peter 
is he took his eyes off of Jesus and he saw all the obstacles around him. He saw everything that was happening around him and he began to sink. Here's the good news. Even though we may be sinking, we're not drowning. See, with Jesus Christ, you can still call out to him even though you may be sinking and he will reach out his hand and he will save us. See, the one we end up crying out to that has the power to save us is the one we usually take our eyes off of. The one we end up crying out to that has the power to save us is usually the one we take our eyes off of, and that's Jesus himself. But he says, even when your eyes are off of me, you can call out to me. Don't fix your eyes on anybody else or your obstacles or, or what's not going well. Oh, sure, we need, to, we need to be concerned or be mindful. We need to know what's happening in our life. But he's saying, but if you fix your eyes on all of these things, no wonder you're sinking. Obstacles do not have the power to keep you afloat. I do. But your eyes must be on me. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 tells us, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, not people, on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor besides, beside God's throne. Only Jesus could do that. Jesus was the one who went before us. Therefore, when we fix our eyes on him, he's the one who helps us when there are obstacles, opposition, and when we're oppressed. See, when we're, when we're faced with those things, let's take the opportunity to correct back to our love for God. Never miss out on the love that we have for God. That may, that may sometimes diminish. You may feel that, well, I don't, I don't love God like how I used to. Then go back to God because that's where our love is going to come from. Go back to God. Dwell on the things that God did and continues to do. Fall in love with God again and again and again. Come back to our heart for God. Always keep our eyes on the Lord. And then the last thing, number three, always remember this. Remember his purpose for you. That God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. He has a purpose for you. Every single one of us, we all have a purpose. I read, I read this book, and I'm going to reread it because it's just that good. It's called, What on Earth Am I Here For? Now, someone may have said that to you, like, what on earth are you here for? Just say, hey, that's a good book. You should read it. It's a really good book. It's by uh, Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church. And it used to be called The Purpose Driven Life, but it's revised. And it's, in, it's a very easy read. That's why I really like it. You just read for 40 days, and it's maybe, maybe three pages a day, maybe three or four pages a day, and it just helps with your purpose and understanding that every single person has value, has a purpose. And I, I love this book because it keeps me on track, keeps my eyes on the Lord. And aside from me doing my devotions, this is another great book. We, I, we actually have this in our resource center if you wanted to grab one after church. But... What, what I find in this book is it, it, it helps me 
to continue to align myself up with the purpose that God has for me. Because people are going to speak negative against you. They're going to put you down. They're going to call you names. They're going to uh, ridicule you. They're going to crush your dreams or try to. They're also going to, when you have like a passion for something and desires for something, they may even discourage you. Now, some might be wisdom, but nonetheless, if you have a purpose that God has given you, then follow him. Remember that he has a purpose for all of us. Whenever any athlete or artist or competitor or, or, or anyone who is in some type of sports competition, anytime they hit a wall or anytime they want to give up, something comes to remembrance that keeps them going. And it's usually something to do with their purpose, like why you started in the first place or why, why you made that decision, why you took that risk, why you, why you sacrificed so much. It will always come back to a purpose. That's what keeps us going. See, life is a race and we'll come against obstacles, opposition, and oppression. Come back to the reason why you began that race, whatever it is, your marriage, uh, the race of organizing your finances, or maybe you started off 2018 strong and then it's like, man, things trickled down. I was very organized in the beginning. Now I'm very disorganized. Oh, in the beginning, I, I, I started off really, really good with eating healthy and then came January 4th. I was like, out the door. I started strong exercising. Oh, that's out the door now. Like we started off strong because there was a reason for it. But then we forgot that reason. We forgot that purpose. Go back to that reason. Go back to that purpose. It could have been your finances. You're saying, oh boy, I was doing good at saving money. And then that sale came up and I bought everything and there went my savings. Whatever it is, go back to the purpose. Why you started in the first place. Your career, maybe going back to school, the, the, the skill you were learning or the trade, or maybe you began doing uh, more art or you're a musician or maybe you're called by God to serve him in some special way. Maybe like for those who are on the staff team. Because there is something that God gave to you. There's something that he spoke to you. And he says, this, this is the reason why I asked you to begin this race for your life. And the reason why you began is the feel that you're going to need to finish the race. Because we all are grabbing some type of fuel to keep us going. But it has to be the right fuel. It cannot be revenge. It cannot be resentment or bitterness that this is why I'm going to do this because I want to I take revenge on people. Or it's the wrong fuel system. Our fuel system should be because we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In fact, I'm starting a 21-day, I'm calling it 21 days, four gauges. And here are the four gauges. Your spiritual gauge, your physical gauge, your emotional gauge, and your mental gauge, how you think. I'm going to start this on January 1st. If you want to jump on, then... Uh, go on to our social media uh, pages and we'll give you all the information. And it's basically for 21 days doing our devotions together, uh, doing something physical. It doesn't have to be together. Maybe you already exercise or something like that. Or you need to start and, you're th and you've been saying that for 2018. Then do something. In fact, uh, part of, part of uh, the encouragement that I get from other people is they say this. They, and they've told me this early on in my 20s. They said, and these are older people, they, they told me this. They said, Sheldon, right now you're in good shape. But come 30, your metabolism slows down. When you hit 40, no more. <laughs> By the time you hit 50, it's like, forget it already. So they said this, 
you want to be able to change your, the way you eat and the way you exercise before you have to. I said, what do you mean? He said, and, and one of them was, they, they had heart problems, they were taking pills, and they, over and over to the doctors, they said, right now, I have to eat like this. And they told me their diet, I'm like, ooh, that is brutal. And he said, yeah, but the doctor said I could have corrected it in my 40s. I think at that time, they were 60-something. And they said, I could have corrected it. I said, well, tell me, what, <laughs> what should I do? And they gave me some pointers. And that has to do with the temple of the Holy Spirit. God gave us a body. Now, you may, you may be at a place you're saying, I'm not able to do anything physical. I'm not able to do these things. Well, do something. Do whatever you can. You may be at a place that you're saying, no, I'm that guy. I'm the one going to the doctors. I have all the pills. Then ask the Lord, what do you get to do in this season? But before you do anything physical or anytime you change your diet, you have to ask your doctor, not another person. Ask a doctor. Ask your doctor. You may be thinking, I don't like what my doctor. He always tells me what I don't like. No, I don't want to know these things. Then that's the physical gauge that we got to monitor. And then there's our emotional gauge. Like, how do we monitor these things? Well, our emotional gauge, sometimes we never check our emotions, especially for men. We never check our emotions because we, we, just, we just keep going. I, I, like when, we, when we come against an like a emotional time, we just suppress it, and we man up. It's like, man, that don't bother me. They like, talk like that about me. I just suppress them. Just let them go. No, 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 no. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. Cut off this relationship. No. And then we just suppress everything. And then one day we just break down and cry. <laughs> Nervous breakdown. Something happens. It's like you, we can't contain it. Because we're, as men, we, we don't like showing our emotions. Even in the movies, it's like, what, honey, you're crying. No, it's just hot. <laughs> it's the sweating from my eyeballs. <laughs> we, that's just us. We don't like that. But we need to check our emotions. We do. Otherwise, it's going to come out somewhere. It's going to come out in anger. It's going to come out in frustration. We'll be short with people. It, it, it comes out. And then we have our mental gauge. It's the way we think. Like something needs to monitor that. That's what the 21 days are for. And then the, the reason why we're doing 21 days is because it takes 21 days to form a habit. So I'm going to invite you to follow along. And if you need more instructions, it'll be on our social media, uh, either Instagram or I think Instagram or Facebook. Or we'll print out a paper and then you can... You can read that also. Psalm 20 verse 4 tells us this. And I, I want this to be your, um, kind of like a prayer for all of us. And I want us to read this together. It'll be up here. If you can't read this, in fact, this is more for our live stream. That's why we have it like that. But you also have your bulletin uh, and your app. If you can see this, praise the Lord. You still get good vision. But we're going to read this together. Psalm 20 verse 4. Ready? Go. May he grant you according to your heart's desire... And fulfill all your purpose. See, every single one of us has a purpose. You know, for Simeon and, and Anna, Anna was a, she was a prayer warrior. She finished strong and she remembered her purpose. Simeon had his calling. He had his purpose. And what kept him going was knowing that he had a purpose. That's what kept him looking forward to that day of seeing the Lord's Messiah. And he encouraged Mary and Joseph. Because he knew they had a purpose and a calling too. See, we, we have certain desires because we've been given a purpose. Now listen very carefully. Our purpose doesn't come out of our desire. Our desire comes out of our purpose. 
That's, that's why you have certain desires or passions or you're inspired by certain things. You're motivated by certain things and by certain people. It's because of your purpose. And God gave you that purpose. So let's finish strong so that we can begin with a purposeful momentum going into 2019. I want to close by this. You know, when we, when we exit these doors, that's pretty much our mission field. That there are people who have yet to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's part of our vision here to reach people who are far from God one relationship at a time. And there are people who are lost. We are all missionaries if we know the Lord. In Foursquare, we have missionaries that go all around the world. And you may be thinking, well, I, I'm not able to go around the world. Well, God has given you a world, the world that you live in, the family that you're in, the work environment that you're in. We're all missionaries for him. Today is Missionary Sunday. And usually what we do is we pray for our missionaries. We receive our missions offering. So if God speaks to your heart to give today, then please obey him. If he doesn't, then don't feel obligated to give. But this is where we get to partner up with all the missionaries around the world in the hopes that they too would be able to finish strong. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me as we pray over this special offering for missions as well as just for the Lord to do something great for us today as we conclude 2018 together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for being our Lord, our Savior. Thank you for showing us your goodness. We do pray for our special offering for all of our missionaries around the world and those we specifically support. We pray that you'd always protect them, be with them, empower them with your spirit. Help them to finish strong this year so that they would see not just their purpose, but that they would see the glory of the Lord. I thank you for all those that are giving, Lord. I pray your blessing over them and that they would know that everything that they do for you has eternal value to it. So we thank you for always showing us the way. Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for us. If you could die for us, Lord, we can live for you. Help us to finish strong. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said together, amen. Can you welcome up with me one more time Victoria and her team as they come and share with us, King of Glory.
how we conclude 2018 together. It's with the Holy Spirit knowing that when you're filled with the Spirit, all things are possible.